Welcome to Conscious Curiosity SD, where successful San Diego leaders share their stories of leading beyond profit and are using the influence of business to positively change the companies and communities we all work and live in. I'm your host, Jeff Blanton from Jailbreak Leadership, a unique set of processes that unlock the unlimited passion and potential of your team to create a 10x result in your business. I want to thank our collaborative community of San Diego business organizations, the Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism, Be Local, and Cause San Diego. We're all focused on impacting the community of San Diego through the work they do as business leaders. Welcome to the show. The Baby Boomer Challenge. As the largest generation to pass through the workforce transitions into the golden years, many of us have been facing both a huge challenge and an eye-opening realization. The challenge? Dealing with our aging parents. In my case, and for many others, after navigating the difficult challenges and our parents pass on, there's a sobering realization we are now on deck. If you're like me, who fantasize about passing peacefully into my sleep or going out in a cloud of glory doing the thing I love, statistically, I have bad news. That's probably not going to happen. Thus, knowing, planning, and understanding how to manage those challenges with your parents or your own future is very important. And that's why I'm excited to have today's guest Give us the scoop on what to do and how to do it. Dan Swiger, welcome to Conscious Curiosity SD. All right. Thank you. Glad to be here. So Dan is the president and owner of Bright Star Care of Carlsbad, and Bright Star provides in-home health care services. Not only are their services critical, but they're delivering these services on the highest level, including recently receiving the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Integrity, as well as other industry awards like Best Place to Work and Highest Customer Service Awards. So, Dan, I am very excited to explore this, how you got into the business, what are the challenges, maybe get some insights from me and uh, our guests in regards to what's the landscape look like for us out there in this really kind of difficult times in our lives. So, welcome. It's going to be fun. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Looking forward to it. All right. I have to ask, though. I know you've had a, you had a pretty uh, illustrious uh, corporate career, didn't decide to go kind of do something on your own. How the heck did you end up in this space? Because uh, this this seems like a very challenge. I'm not I'm not really a very service oriented kind of person. My my wife and I both go, who's going to take care of who? Because neither one of us are very much in line with that. So how did you manage to get into this particular space? Uh, mostly naivety. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it seemed like a good idea. No, um, my wife and I really had no background directly in this field or anything like that. Uh, the closest thing I came to healthcare is my sister was a nursing director. 30 years in the corporate world, you know, the higher you go in the corporate world, uh, the more Game of Thrones your life gets. There's only one CEO in the Iron Throne and everybody wants it. And the Machiavellians tend to win because they'll do whatever it takes. Yeah, you say most CEOs are psychopaths or something, right? <laughs> what, it, what it takes. You shouldn't say that on my shows. So we only interview CEOs and presidents. But anyways. But it, it, there are a lot of CEOs that, you know, and, and just people around them, I I felt like I was losing a piece of my soul pretty much every day mm. as, at that point in the corporate world. And it was taking a toll on me. It was taking a toll on our family. So my wife and I had been talking about, you know, someday let's start our own business. And then I just uh, I moved out here to San Diego for a job that turned out to be the opposite of what they promised it would be. I won't get into to details, but basically I had to take this job and shove it moment. Mm. Came home and said, honey, you know that thing we talked about? <laughs> time, <laughs> time to go. <laughs> let's pull the trigger on it. We didn't necessarily focus on this industry. 
we had two criteria as we were trying to figure out what kind of business we wanted to do. One was it had to pay enough to pay our bills. You know, we getting rich was not that was necessarily it, but yeah. we'll take it. Pay our That's bills. not the goal. Yeah, we got two daughters to marry off, get through college. You know, like it needed to be able to to support us. But the bigger thing was we wanted to feel like we were putting something positive into the world every day. Mm. So as we looked around, we looked at all kinds of different things, and we found Bright Star. And Bright Star is you know the highest level of of, of care uh, there is in the home care industry run by a CEO who's also the sole owner of the company, so no shareholder pressures there, who really is dedicated and cares about what she's doing. And they put a lot of support around people like us. So this is a franchise model. Yep, it's franchise. It's a best of both worlds kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, we are a small local company, but we are not a mom and pop because we are backed by a big franchise. So we operate like a big company, but we, our relationships are like a small company. So share a little bit about, obviously, you said the second criteria was I wanted to do something that uh, has some meaning and purpose and those kinds of things. So maybe talk about that a little bit because that's one of the you know, things about this podcast. You know, we're, you know, conscious capitalism, be local, all these kinds of companies and interviewing leaders that are purposeful leaders looking to do something bigger and better than just making some profit. So maybe maybe talk about a little bit what what's that look like for you and, you know, how how's this playing out? I guess I'd start by saying, you know, first of all, there's a lot of people in the world that need our kind of help, and it's only going to increase over the next 10 years. You know, that was, I guess, the appeal of this industry. It was, you know, we have a chance to help people every single day. We knew we would run a company the right way, and we wanted to join a franchise that would basically make sure everyone else runs their company the way it should as well. So you want to have the right name, you, you know, right? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. great, great. Great and Carl's bad, but you know, exactly. the street's a whole different story. Right? part so. of an organization where everybody has kind of those high ideals and, and mm-hmm. lives up to a set of values. You know, we get to make a, a difference for a lot of people. We, we help them live their best life. We help them stay home longer before they have to go into a facility. We take a lot of pressure off families. We could do a whole podcast on the toll it takes on a family caregiver caring for a, a loved one, a spouse, a parent, whatever. And we take a lot of that weight off of people doing the maintenance chores in terms of helping somebody just, you know, live their life, get dressed, bathe, do those things so that families can focus on quality time. So that they, you know, be the spouse, be the daughter, rather than spending all of your energy on getting them dressed and doing all those things. Because what happens when you're working really hard at something? When there's time off, you want to get away from it, right? You need a break. So if all your work is going into your relationship with your loved one, then where's the room for the quality time? Right. So I, honestly, that's one of the one of the biggest, most motivating factors is when we can kind of take that heat off, you know, that weight off people and allow them to just focus on the quality time and getting the most out of what they've got left. Yeah. Even in my own experience, uh, you kind of take the heat off. It's kind of interesting that I've observed that often the caregiver becomes the uh, the person being cared for, becomes the, like, they, they're trying to say, you can't do this, you can't do that. So it's like, you become the bad guy, right? <laughs> yep, and so true. here you are, you've turned your life upside down, trying to support mom, dad, or whatever, and now all of a sudden, you're the bad guy in this equation. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, your brother or sister shows up, and oh, you know. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Hey, we should do it this way. Yeah. We love him, but you're, that's another factor in this. It's, it's a really difficult environment. Hiring must be a challenge. I mean, how do you go about doing that? And in my experience, my parents, they both ended up hospice toward the end, which, I don't know, just seems like, who, where did those people come from, right? I mean, they're <laughs> very, just very, like, special. Wow, very special people. 
But just people doing what you guys do is a big, difficult challenge because mm-hmm. often these people aren't easy. They can be very difficult. Talk about staffing and how do you how do you create the values and you know how do you how do you deal with your crew to be able to ensure that that service is being delivered? Sure. First of all, I'll start with the the overall environment. There are not even close to enough caregivers to support the number of people who need help. I mean, it's overwhelming. There's 25 jobs waiting for any given caregiver at any given moment. I was looking on Indeed the other day. The average caregiver applies to 17 jobs at a time. The real challenge in our industry is the balance of power. There's 10 other jobs waiting across the street if you don't take care of them the right way. So we take care of people because that's who we are. But that's a big part of attracting the right people and uh, keeping them. You kind of said it a little earlier, but it takes a very special person to be a caregiver. There's easier ways to make money. Frankly, you can make about the same amount of money working at McDonald's and you don't have to wipe people's butts. Mm. <laughs> you, know, it's like, you, you, you don't have to do those really personal right. things that are you know, not easy for everybody to do and deal with difficult personalities or dementia and those behaviors. And it takes a really special person to do that with your whole heart, to do that in a way that you really care and you're not just trying to get through the day and get your paycheck and get home. For us, our values are everything. You know, every company has their values, and it's usually a poster on the wall. There it is. There's our poster on the wall. We sure. had the meeting. We decided it's these six words yeah, and uh, never to look at them again, right? Exactly. Yeah. So t- talk us a little bit about that. What, what are your values? I do new employee orientation personally, mm-hmm. the culture part of it. So yeah. the first half of our orientation is about our values, why we do what we do, how we do what we do, making sure that the people who we bring on board really have those same values. Because uh, it's been so long, I don't remember where I read it, but uh, I've seen multiple sort of management books that talk about, you know, you create a strong culture primarily by knowing who you are and then finding people who want to be part of that. Right. So for us, you know, our, our values, and I spend a lot of time on them, they're very simple, but um, we make it great, which is shorthand for we do it with our whole heart. We really want to make a difference. You know, if, if we're watching someone with dementia, we don't park them in front of the TV because it's easier. You know, that kind of thing. We do the right thing. Home care is sending effectively strangers into your loved one's home unsupervised. We have to know without a doubt these are people we can trust that, you know, that you can trust them. So that's, that's a big deal to us as people that are truthful And part of doing the right thing is also treating everyone with respect. And that's a big deal for us. And I say everyone is treated with respect. I also mean the way our clients and families treat our caregivers, the way we treat each other. Everyone deserves to be treated with the utmost respect at all times. You know, we serve with passion. Again, your whole heart into these things. So that's kind of a a flavor for it. I mean, I, I... I'm a little passionate about our values, so I yeah. kind of go on way too long. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, you know, it's... It, it's one of the keys. It's one of the keys yeah. to any successful business. I mean, do you actually have values? Do you honor the values? Are you living by those values? And Or is it just some exercise and easily tossed out the, out the window the minute the going yeah. got tough? So we, you know, our entire recruiting process from initial contact through the primary thing we're looking for is, is this someone who really seems to think the way we think? And when I'm doing new employee orientation, I say flat out, look, these aren't just words. And if you're going to do things to the level that we want it done, your heart has to be in it. Because if it's not, we're actually kind of a terrible place to work. We're asking for a whole lot of extra work and, and a lot of extra attention that other people may not require. You need to be the kind of person that, that feels good to do those things. Because then it's great. Then they're a great place to work. 
So I say flat out, look, you know, some of you are going to get out there and you're not going to really behave this way. And, you know, we have a pretty high attrition rate in our first two weeks. We're incredibly selective along the way. Um, and then we say, all right, let's see how you behave in the real world. And if they're just not cut out the same way we are, you know, there's 10 other jobs waiting for them. Right. So we don't really feel bad about, about cutting them loose. You can't teach values. You know, you're either wired like we are or you're not. And those that are, like I said, uh, they love working for us. We do an amazing job for our, our clients. Get to make a difference every day. And, you know, that feels pretty good. You know, you just commented on a difficult problem that's out there that's growing, right? Good, good, good business problem, but also bad business problem, I guess, is this whole thing of uh, there's a lot of us boomers, you know, we're even <laughs> older, going to need these services. How do you see dealing with the fact that it's so competitive to try and find workers and the needs are going to go up? And obviously, you want to continue to grow your business. What is the answer? How do, how do we actually get people interested in this type of business? Or what, yeah. what's, what's the thoughts there? I mean, that, that's a question that's almost above my pay grade because this is a national problem. I mm. mean, there aren't enough people in that workforce to keep up over the next 10 years. I think I read the other day, in the last five years, the number of professional caregivers in the country has doubled, and it's lost ground by a magnitude over the growth in the need. So it's a monumental national problem. It definitely is. I think part of it is getting people interested in it. Part of it is training Part of it is, you know, finding ways to make it worth their while. You know, caregivers don't make it. I mean, caregivers, teachers, I mean, you can kind of go into yeah, a lot yeah, of Yeah, right. Things. There's a lot of professions. Nobody makes what they really yeah. should be, you know, their real worth. And, and caregivers are one of those. They, they aren't paid as much as they're worth. I say that owning a company, knowing I'm talking about my own people right. too. But the fact is the bulk of our cost is our people. So every time we pay them a little more, that cost has to be passed on to the clients and I try desperately to keep our costs down because I don't want to price even more people out of the market. Right. That's the other problem in our country, right? You've got those with very little resource that have Medi-Cal and they have, they have programs that, are, that will help them. Those with a lot of money can do whatever they want. And then there's those in that you know, stuck in between that don't qualify for certain programs, but they can't really afford all the resources that are there for them. And that's going to be a growing problem over the next, you know, 10 years as well. So you know, the answer is so multifaceted. It's, yeah, uh, that yeah. it's For us, it's, you know, like I said, we, Brightstar is you know, the highest level of care. So in general, we only hire people when they have a strong track record already. We're not, we're not the place you go cut your teeth. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that's not a viable strategy long term. So, you know, we've done things like uh, we launched a program for military spouses. If you're going to spend your time training somebody, people who come out of a, a culture of service to others and duty and responsibility, that's a pretty good place to start. That's a good tip right there. Yeah. So, you know, we, we will hire people that are, you know, from that culture um, with no experience and, you know, we'll invest the time and bring them along, even though it's technically not our standard. But you know what? Some of our best caregivers actually come right. from that. Again, because it's a DNA it, thing here, right? Caregiving is we a, can teach you how to do the yeah. the task, but it's like, are you are you the right? The person? tasks aren't rocket science, right? But the real impact is not the tasks; it's the impact you have on that person's life, and that comes from your heart. It doesn't come from the tasks. Do you have a piece of advice as we're speaking to the audience here? Given what you do, <laughs> parents uh, maybe be an issue. Where for me, we've. Past that, got my own future, you know, I'm looking at. 
any thought, you know, just kind of general that maybe the average person walking down the street probably isn't thinking about that maybe they should be thinking about in regards to this space? In preparation, maybe, other than go make a couple million bucks so you can pay for that. I know, right? <laughs> you know, I, 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 it's interesting because I, I think when you think about home care, it's a zero involvement category from a consumer standpoint until it's 100% involvement. Yeah, right, right. You don't, <laughs> you don't ease your way in, right? Yeah, you know, it's kind of like uh, when I was younger, um, I had no idea there were diaper commercials on until I had kids. Then they were everywhere, right? <laughs> Good point. It's the same thing. Like, you know, we can advertise, we do whatever, but it's not on anybody's mind because they're not – They'll need it until one day dad has a fall or mom has a stroke or whatever it might be. And all of a sudden they're thrown into the deep end. I deal with a lot of people. I think a big part of what I do in intake is just to help people understand that they're okay, that feeling this confused and worried and not sure where they are um, and what options are out there, et cetera. Um, I, I spend a lot of time with people just trying to help them understand you know, the lay of the land. Um, I I do community education. Um, I do encourage people, even if you're not there yet, or you don't think your parents are there yet to get out there are numerous places where people are talking about the broader topic of aging in place. Mm -hmm. It's not just about home care, but all the different resources, the different, uh, strategies for how to stay in your home longer before you have to move into, you know, a a type of care facility. So I encourage people to get out there and, and learn a little bit. Just, just so when you get dropped in the deep end one day out of nowhere, you at least have heard a little bit. You got a little something. Dog to paddle with. maybe at some level, right? <laughs> and for everybody else, hey, just call me. I'll help you through it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I have a friend uh, who's I don't know, 10, 15 years my senior. He's single, never been married. And so I'm kind of his, his guy. And I was having that conversation with him. After going through the things with my parents, I said, you know, and his thing, well, I want to stay in this house as long as possible. I said, well, maybe you should go out and identify who it is that's going to give you this service because whoever we bring in, I'm pretty sure you're not going to be happy, right? Regardless of what we do. So I was promoting the idea of like, go, go check this out. Yeah. Once it's happened and it's happened to you, you don't even have, you don't even have the ability to go check it out. You know? Well, and, and the other thing, that's the other piece of advice I would say is we want to be the caregiver for our loved one. We love them. Some people, there's a guilt factor of letting someone else do those things. And I would say, do not underestimate how important it is for the caregiver to take care of themselves. And I say that not because you're selfish and take care of yourselves. You owe it to the person you're caring for. You cannot be a good caregiver if you're overtired, if you're stressed, you know, if, you know, you're the one telling them no all the time and it's hurting your relationship. It's important to take care of yourself and take care of that relationship. And Sometimes that means bringing in a professional, like I said, to do some of those task-oriented things every day that just take that burden away, or ease it at least, so that, uh, you know, you can do what you do. Um, One of the things we do is called respite care. That could be everything from, you know, mom and dad live with me, I'm going on vacation for two weeks and I need people there 24-7 just to make sure they're okay. Sometimes it's just dad gets up and wanders at night um, and I'm afraid he's going to fall and I can't get any sleep and I'm dying. I'm a human being. I have to sleep. So sometimes it's just someone to be there and, and make sure everything stays okay so you can have peace of mind to sleep at night. So no one's going to set the house on fire or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's uh, transition a bit here. Let's, let's talk about the business uh, versus the service. First off, franchise. 
pros, cons? What's been your experience? What guidance could you give the people? Anyone that's considering like, hey, I'm ready to make a big shift. I've, I've had it with corporate America. I'm going to go do something. What's been your experience in the world of franchising? Um, what advice would you give people? Well, and, and interestingly, the last almost, well, all but my last job, but 20 years of my career, I was a franchisor. Oh, okay. So you so were very familiar. I knew that world very well. My advice to people considering a franchise is, yeah, there are a lot of pros. Do your homework. Make sure it's a fit for you, your skill set, your your market, et cetera. And, you know, evaluate different franchises. They're all they're all a little different. Some are better than others. Some have different types of services. But find the one that fits who you are and how you want to do business. Give and, a little detail on that. What, what do you mean by that? Because that's, that's about 20,000 foot up there. So, like, what kinds of things should you consider? I guess it's it's... There's a lot of, that's a hard question to ask. I guess one of the things I would say is some franchises will have very, very, very locked down rules and standards that to follow. Well, back in my day, I was working in hotels and I knew my competitor Hilton had a standard that said, when you, you don't point with your finger, you point with an open palm. <laughs> you know, like. If you're not that guy. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's very locked down. And, and yeah. you know, a lot of people who start their own businesses are very entrepreneurial. Some have more room or, you know, doing things the way you want to do them. Some are very, very locked down. I think some are, it's like anything. You can get sort of the lower cost one with less services. You can get the higher cost ones with lots of services. For us, we needed the latter because we'd never worked in this industry. We needed a lot of training. We needed a lot of support. To recognize um, your own personal experience, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one thing to have taken care of your parents and done those kinds of things, but Another thing to say, I'm going to do this as a profession and I'm going to be responsible for these people. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, there's a, a number of factors. For me, the big thing, too, is just to make sure you're talking to their franchisees. Find out what their experience has been. Mm. I'm a little nutty about that. When, when I was looking at Brightstar, I think I talked to, it was like 17 or 18 franchisees around the country. And, you know, I talked to some that had just started. Some that have been in a little while, some that have been in a long time. Well, that's a great example right there. Different look kinds at of the, markets. Look at the full, yeah, look at the full gamut. They'll all show you what the averages are in terms of your revenue and your profit and all those things, but that doesn't mean anything. It's what, ha what you do with your business in your market. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Thanks for that. You're working with your wife. <laughs> we're gonna go there <laughs> i guess that we can always edit anything out dan that we need to here so you know my wife and i um are kind of like i don't know if you know the enneagram she's ice i'm fire so we got that going we're great i mean as far as kind of super supportive of each other she's runs her own thing i run my own thing i bring certain things to her certain things to me but two different worlds sure if we were in the same business i'm not sure if who would die, but someone would die. <laughs> so talk about working with your wife. What's, what's that look like? What's your thoughts, comments? First of all. Talk to 17 uh, various people <laughs> before you make that move. Yes, um, and she may be listening to this, so I guess I'll have to. <laughs> First of all, my wife and I have really good complementary skills. Uh, okay. I can't do what she does. She can't do what I do. So it does work out really well that she has her lane and I have mine. She is the executive director, so she is my boss at work as well as at home. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm no fool. <laughs> it's good to have a boss, actually. It's... So, yeah. I mean, you, gotta, you can't have two people in charge. You have one who's in yeah. charge. So we're pretty good at, at communicating. You know, she does – she's the executive director. She runs the operation. She's in the office. She's running everything every day. I'm marketing sales community, outreach community, education. I basically do everything outside the office. 
So we're not in the same room with each other all day long. Okay. I think we'd kill each other if, if if that were the case. We're good at communicating, forgetting on each other's nerves a little bit or or whatever. We we talk about it. You can throw a flag and go, all right. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, to a lot of extent we we understand we both need space to be ourselves and we love working together, but we also know we you know, too much of a good thing is a problem. So right. the way we do our roles really just works out really well for us. How do you prevent the work being a 24-7 conversation. Because even my wife are very work-centric people. So a lot of what we talk about is work or her piece, my piece, whatever. But two different things, but that's a lot of our conversation. If it was all the same, it seems like one could spend all their life kind of talking about work. So how, how, do, so you, how, how do you prevent that? I guess? First of all, don't get in a 24-7, 365 business like home care. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to answer the phone or am I going to answer the phone? Yeah. I mean, you know, we start our business. We We – we were work 24 seven, 365 for three years. Wow. Didn't take a single day off. Yeah. You know, that Not was to file people <laughs> starting a business, starting a business. I mean, you know, Christmas day, someone calls and needs help. We're on the phone trying to figure out how to get them help. Plus I mean, you had impeccable timing too. When did you do this? Oh, like six COVID months before COVID. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect timing. Just, just as you were getting things warmed up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So no, but seriously, uh, you know, I think we come home, most of the time I said, I'm in the field, she's in the office. So we haven't really, so we, we'll download for an hour mm -hmm. or so when we get home. And then we kind of say, all right, that's enough. Okay. So I mean, actually <laughs> consciously go, yeah. Let's, yeah depending let's. on our energy and what's going on, you know, sometimes, you know, one of us will just say, man, I'm tired. I'm just done. Let's all stop right. talking about this stuff and let's talk about something else in the world or let's watch a show or let's just do something else besides think about work. Well, I'm going to say often, and I have an opportunity to interview a lot of very successful uh, business owners, and often the story is it's hard to have all the talent. I mean, I think the most successful people usually can point like, oh, I had a great COO or a good partner or whatever. And, and the fact that you and your wife have, you know, kind of opposite skills, that's that's a really powerful thing to have, but definitely a challenge. Definitely a challenge. add the, the marriage but a, but piece a very good thing. And, and I, I do have to say my wife is the – she doesn't give herself enough credit. You know, we've we've won all these awards. We've done this great work, and she's kind of the secret sauce behind it all. She's the glue in all of it. She's she's kind of a savant when it comes to the scheduling part of what we do. You know, imagine a hundred people in the field, and you're like air traffic controlling, and it's not just about getting a body to somebody. It's making sure you're pairing the right people in the right situations, both on skills as well as personality fit. Someone. Mm. So there's there's a lot of art to that science. Wow. And, that is a challenge. Uh, my wife oversees it. We have two care managers that work on that. She keeps her door open and she listens and she just, as she's doing her work, she'll be like, you know, hey, wait a minute. I wouldn't send her there. Um, she's, she kind of talks too much and they're a pretty quiet family or, you know, that kind of thing. Like, but she will chime in and, or, you know, the times when our, our schedule is like a Rubik's cube, right? We got to be like, we got to figure out how to help this person. Okay. Well, what if we move this person over to that client for today? That will open up the time for, you know, so she's amazing at that stuff. And that's a big part of our success, honestly, is just pairing the right people with the right clients so that they click. Wow. That's phenomenal. Bill, to do that. It's really important. I remember my mom who was, my mom was tough. <laughs> I would get her some help. Ah, mom, it doesn't shut up. Right. So back to like the talking to one and, we put our place in um, – what's the places that have the six – can only have like six patients, whatever. Oh, the, the, the boarding cares? Boarding cares. So my mom was in a boarding care, and, and they had a kid. And my mom was like, oh, complain about the kid. That, I swear that kid's looking at my window all the time. I'm like, that kid doesn't care about you. It's like, but, you know, my mom was like, Rawr. So that, that's um, 
like I say, it's a very challenging environment. And not even just the patients. I mean, the families can be very oh, yeah. difficult, too. The expectations of what the family wants out of these things. And they always don't necessarily agree with each other or trust each other. Or, oh, that's you know, there's, right, right. You got that we, dynamic going We're on. half family counselors sometimes. Too. Yeah, not agreeing on what the treatment should be and all this. And you guys find yourself in the middle of all that. Have to be very careful. You know, I think communication's important. One of the things we do up front is just understand communications. You know, who's hiring us? Is it the person that needs the care hiring us? Is it a daughter? Is, you know, is it you're the boss? Okay. Now, who else do you want us talking to? Mm. Who do you not want us talking to? You know, every once in a while, we hit those situations where, you know, the nephew who didn't give a rip about that particular person their whole life suddenly cares deeply as they're getting close to end of life and mm. suddenly wants to be involved in everything and know everything. And Yeah, don't forget me and, and the old inheritance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the middle is not really the, the place we want to be, but we end up, we end up having to, to yeah. deal with that and try to respect people's wishes and you know, try to help communicate. But sometimes it's, there's just no answer. You know, when you have uh, maybe one, one son that uh, doesn't believe in traditional medicine and the daughter that does, um, and they're arguing over what the particular course of healthcare should be. We had one case where they were fighting over whether or not mom should have her chemo. The, the, other, the other sibling didn't believe in traditional medicine and wanted to do homeopathic and wanted them to stop the chemo. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. And you're there, right? <laughs> right well, the and, and we're there. And, and we, have a, we have a responsibility to the safety of that person as right. well, right? So, you know, it gets That's a tough sometimes. job, Dan. <laughs> Kudos uh, to you. You know, I, when we're having those moments where we're just, where, it's, where we're beaten down by a particular day or whatever, right? I was telling my wife, you know, we could have bought a dry cleaners. <laughs> you know, we'd have been home at 6.30 every night. We'd have Sundays off. We'd park the work at the door and go home every night and all day we'd sit around and watch tv and be easy <laughs> yeah. I, by the way to the dry cleaners out there i know it's not we know it's but still you wanted meaning and purpose dan so exactly. <laughs> price well, you get to pay exactly well and we do i mean there is it really does feel good to do what we do yeah and yeah it like just like family caregivers it takes a toll when you when you've got your heart into it you know it, it takes, it takes a bit some of a toll serious effort yeah. yes so you just you know, made the comment you guys have uh, won some awards for uh, customer service and things like that. And most recently, we're here at the BBB, you won the Torch Awards, which is a pretty amazing uh, an award to win. Uh, there's like thousands and thousands of companies here in uh, San Diego that are part of the uh, or the BBB community. So to win that's a big deal. So share a little bit. What's What was the experience? Why did you even pursue it? Because it takes effort to actually even get in the game to uh, be considered for it. So yeah. tell us. For us... Somebody nominated us, and they wouldn't tell us who. Oh, okay. They said it was someone you've done business with, and they said it, it was an anonymous thing. They wouldn't. I don't know if that's normal or not, but they they said they wouldn't tell me. But then, obviously, you know, they ask for a lot of information from us uh, as part of then that process. It was kind of a interesting task to really do that deep dive audit on all the things like how do you do what you do? How you know? And and really kind of blown away at all. I, I, on the one hand, you think, oh, yeah, we just do whatever. It's just normal. And then you're like, when you start to list it out, you're like, wow. No wonder, no wonder <laughs> we, I'm tired. We really do a, a lot of things here to build this culture and, you know, and do things the right way. Yeah, the award is amazing. And realize, you know, the gravity of it. It's pretty amazing and really grateful to my wife, our leadership team, our, our people in the field. I mean, we've built a really strong culture and everybody's a part of it. 
it just feels good to have you know all that recognized and from a business standpoint look it's like i said you know we're in the business of sending effectively strangers into vulnerable people's homes it's no bad thing to have the better business bureau say this is the torch award for ethics this is a very ethical company right, right. this is this is someone that you can probably trust and it's so hard in this world right i mean how in any industry or business or relationship how do you really know if this is a good talker or if this is someone you can really trust exactly. um, without finding out the hard way right right so i think you know to me the the torch award hopefully for some people is a nice shortcut to yeah these guys are probably someone we can trust less likely to get burned. And look, there are over 300 home care companies in San Diego County. By the way, that's not enough to cover the need, not even close. But when there's 300 of something, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. And there are some really shady folks on that lower end out there that not get caught up in. So again, I think things like the, the Torch Award just help people see this is a company that I think, you know, I should probably talk to, I can trust. And by the way, we are. Um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 hopefully it's a shortcut to help people find a better company and avoid, you know, like I said, some of the, the landmines that are out there on the right. lower end. Well, it's even more awesome that it wasn't you going, oh, I think we should be the winner of this. It's like someone <laughs> actually uh, putting your name in anonymously for you is says something about it, right? I mean, yeah. that, that's the ultimate uh, when your customers and other folks in, in the community are pointing to you as a company saying, you're exactly. it. Exactly. You know, there, there, there so are so many. So you and your wife because yeah, it starts at the top. There's so many quote unquote awards that are really, the popularity contests, right. you know, the publications will, you know, best of or whatever. And it's basically who can get the most people to go online and vote for them and, and things like that, which is more of a, an award for the effort and the size and scale of what you do. Right. Yeah, um, that's not this process. Right? This process is absolutely not that. Uh, this is, you can't fake the funk. <laughs> that's you, you either got it or you don't and and you you, you bring it um and you put it all on display and the, you know the committee says yeah i think this is this cool. is a you know this is a company we want to honor so yeah we, we're deeply honored to have that uh really really proud of it well, good job and congratulations so as a san diego business leader what are you excited about what are you optimistic about when you kind of look in our community and what's going on you know honestly one of the things that i'm most excited about and it was a really, really pleasant surprise, um, especially in North County, but San Diego in general. The senior care community, you know, home care, home health, assisted living, memory care, you know, placement advisors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, skilled nursing centers, really was pleasantly surprised to see how, you know, I guess if you look at the scale from complete cutthroat to you know, incredibly supportive, it's much more on the supportive end um, and, and part of that, look, it's there's more work than we can shake a stick at, right? So we don't have to be scraping by to survive with customers. So we really do focus on getting people the help that they need. And that's us great. If that can't be us, we help each other. You know, when I first opened, my number one referral source for the first three months was my number one competitor. Mm -hmm. Back to the need is huge. Yeah, the need is huge. And, and you know, we, we helped them. We were new. We had people, but we didn't have clients yet. They were taking on clients and didn't necessarily have people to cover it right away. So they would use us, you know, for basically third-party staffing to help them out. And it helped us build some revenue and get some people working. And it is a good community. And, you know, I think there are a ton of resources for people out there, for seniors that, that want to age in place. It really is. There's a ton of resources out there and most people don't know about most of them, but 
especially the people I work with most closely, but you know, our, our community is really good about saying, have you thought about this? You, know, you brought up hospice earlier, you know, hospice, the H word. So many people think what hospice is, is it's time to give up and die. And they don't realize it's actually an entitlement through Medicare to get some free services, free medical equipment, you know, free wheelchair, hospital bed, easier access to medications and things like that. So when we're out there, it's not just about trying to help people with home care, but we're also trying to help people realize there might be other resources that can help them and then connect them with good companies. And I said, the people I, I, I work with throughout the community do the same thing, that it's just what matters is get them what they need. So yeah, it might be they need to be in a, you know, in a home care facility. Home care really isn't the right answer. Some companies, that's all they want to do is talk you into selling their product. You know, our company and a, and a lot of others are around us, um, they, we focus on getting people the help they need and hand things off to somebody that's a better fit, if that's what makes sense. Nice. And that, that's not normal in the business world. True, true. I'm not saying we don't compete, but it is surprising how often, you know, I'll get a call and somebody will say, look, this is not really right for, you know, who we have available at the moment. Can you take this? really pleasantly surprised by how cooperative we all are with each other. Ah, that's good to hear. One more question for you, Dan. What's the big idea? Maybe I should have asked this question or didn't ask this question. <laughs> What's the big thing you would love to tell the audience? So they're, you know, getting in the car and been listening to this podcast They're getting out of the car. What's the big takeaway? What would you like them to remember? I think I'd like you to remember healthcare, senior care. It's not just about the tasks. It's about the person whoever you're working with, whether that's home care, hospice, it could be anybody, find that company that's in it with their heart. It'll make a huge difference in so many subtle ways and not so subtle ways, but try to evaluate that company that's in it for the right reasons because these are people you love and no one can love them like you do, but people with a heart in it can be the very next best thing. Awesome. Dan, I want to thank you for... Coming in, congratulations on winning the Torch Awards and love your story. I know this is really, really difficult work based on kind of my, <laughs> my recent experiences over the last few years with my parents. It's amazing folks like you and the staff you have that are out there doing what you do. So uh, thank you very much for that. Thank you so much for having me. So that's our show for today. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe, comment, and most importantly, share the podcast with a friend. Again, special thanks to our collaborative community of San Diego business organizations, the Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism San Diego, Be Loco, and Cause San Diego, who are all using the influence of business to positively impact our very own community of San Diego. I'm Jeff Blanton from Jailbreak Leadership saying, until next time, go do what you do. Go do what you do best, for we're all counting on.